Okay, welcome to the United Pubcast for the episode we have been waiting for, waiting for three months for this, or it feels like three months. Um, we finally got Leeds. I was so excited in the build-up to this match, Larry, and then about six hours before kickoff, having some dinner, I was absolutely shitting it. I was so nervous for this match, and um, that first half was so tense. I almost needed a shower. I wasn't running, but I was sweating like a pig um, that first half. But um, what a Sunday it is. What a Sunday. Built-in game, mate. Like, United could not have given you a more emphatic victory, and it couldn't – look, obviously, everyone's feeling a different feeling um, about the game, but I think for us here in Sydney – exactly what you needed just to forget about what's going on um but yeah fuck i can't wait to get into it because it was it was a belting game of football um and, and you know what credits the one let me get one positive in for leads um i forgot the bloke's name their shot was a it was a belter it was um it was a very entertaining game of football okay that's enough credit for leads we'll move on to the man united side of things but on leads i think one of the good things about doing this pod not just the podcast but obviously i moved to youtube in recent weeks just want to thank all the listeners. I know you feel the same way. We have nothing but positive feedback, especially on YouTube. Everyone's kind. All the posit- positivity is fantastic. When we put that Leeds video out, I don't know if it was the McTominay one, but they started. there was a few comments from Leeds fans um, giving us a little bit of shit. And then obviously they found my Twitter handle. I would have few abusive direct messages from Leeds fans. So I was just so happy that the hurt they would be feeling now. Obviously we've got Portuguese, Magnifico and Bruno Fernandes. We'll get into him in a little bit. But to see the Leeds fans, obviously their behaviour throughout the game, um, singing about Rio Ferdinand's uh, wife who passed away, singing about Georgie Best, um, etc. Um, I'm just so happy that so many of them are absolutely crying. I've spent the last couple of hours watching sort of their match day vlogs and watching Bruno goal go in, Fred's goal go in, Greenwood's goal go in, and the Leeds reactions have just um, they've brought a smile to my face. Yeah, look, they did enjoy the moment when they did get their only goal of the game. All 12 fingers on those fans were really swinging high. But uh, you know what? I'm happy that was the only moment of joy that they had. Um, That fan base, seriously. We give banter to an Arsenal fan base. We say that they're quite naive, but Leeds Leeds fans, they're they're something else. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll just get into some comments, Pram. Uh, Let's go, lads. Rob as well. One fine day and get get that up your leads. Alex R, buzzing fellas, and George. When Fred's on the score sheet, you know it's your day. And we'll get into that. But even Solskjaer <laughs> alluded to that in his post-match press conference saying mm-hmm. he's going through all these things that happened in the game. And he said, well, even Fred scored. So we've got goals from anywhere. Anyone can score if Fred can score. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, bloody hell. I was I was laughing when he scored, which I'm almost disappointed at myself. I didn't enjoy it the way I did the, the previous four goals. I was sitting there laughing and I was saying, oh, gosh, I can't believe Fred scored. Poor bloke. He actually put in a good shift, Fred, but I'm happy for him. He's had no off-season either, and he played well. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll look, in. if Fred's scoring, you know it's your day. Well, we'll get into that um, sort of team selection because he will dominate, I think, a lot of that discussion in regards to McTominay mm. and Fred. But um, if you are watching live, please leave a like on the video and um, get all your comments in. Later on in the chat, we'll sort of get into our three, the return of the 3 2 ones and player of the year. So I think for the one point, we'll probably definitely need a little help because I think the first two votes in there are quite sort of, I think everyone will be on the same page. So get as many comments in as you can, and especially please like the video. But but just on that, before we get into before the match, pre-before the match as well, and it happened throughout the match I heard, and I've seen sort of match day footage sort of thing, the Leeds fans, okay, forget all the other, other songs, the ones directed at Rashford and Sancho, do you think this was just bantered in regards to that they were saying, you let your country down? Was this just football banter or was there an underlying, well, they got so much good publicity where we want to sort of drag them back through the mud? 
Oh, I think it's just banter, if I'm being entirely honest. Like, you let your country down, whatever. They miss penalties. That's football, and so be it. Um, there was no racial comments commentary made, and that's the most important thing. If that got brought into it, then obviously I'd be saying a different thing here. Not to defend Leeds fans, but we'll call a spade a spade and I'm not going to read too much into it, I think. We've got too much positivity to go through, so don't worry about the Leeds fans. Well, I'm going to worry about Leeds for one more thing. I'll tell you who did let Leeds down, Bielsa. He has to be called out. He's the only manager who goes into a game, gets lauded for a 6-2 loss, gets lauded for a 5-1 loss. He needs to take huge criticism because, look, he's a good manager, fair play. He's an idiot. To keep going at United like that, he doesn't learn from his lessons. And for a professional manager, he needs to. And I, the main reason I take issue with it is because he always gets praised for these big losses. I think, could you imagine Solskjaer going for it and getting pumped 5-1 by your main rivals? I actually like Bielsa. Um, I, I don't. I haven't had the carryover in him being the manager of Leeds. He is a top manager, and you only have to think back. Do you remember that United match against Bill Bauer? It was when United actually ended up in the Europa League under Fergie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was a Bielsa-managed team. And and if you remember that game, Tom, they played us off the park. Let's be honest. They did. Uh, And so he's so tactically astute. And I think his system is one that it's obviously a footballing principle that he believes in. But you know what? I kind of respect it because under Louis van Gaal, if I were to give you the prime example of an opposite, no one could tell – he always referred to this football philosophy. No United fan could tell you what our football philosophy was besides being boring and killing people with that boredom. We were very possession-based, but there was no penetration with that football. Bielsa believes no matter the calibre of player he has – he believes in a style. Now, that's not always going to bear him results. Fair play to him. If he's willing to risk it like that, go nuts. Leeds finished in the top half of the Premier League table last season. So there's an argument to say, you know what, maybe it doesn't work against Manchester United or the better sides, but against most sides, it, it does give him results. So fair enough. And you know what, he'll move on to a bigger club eventually. So I'm, I'm not going to go too hard on, on him for that. Well, I think he deserves a lot of criticism, in my opinion. But we will get into the the Man United side of things. And before the match, um, um, actually, the members here, Man, Man United Supporters Club of New South Wales, who obviously was supposed to be at the pub for the Leeds match, it was a 9.30 kickoff. But obviously, there is that little thing called COVID. So we were um, at home. We sort of had a pre-match meeting on Zoom, just sort of in the hour and a half before the game. So it had a bit of trivia and um, sort of watching the news sort of filter through. And we'll get into sort of Rob's reaction, who I know is in the comments when he saw Fred McTominay play and his initial reaction. But also we'll discuss in Rafael Varane and we're thinking it would be good if they announced him on the pitch, but that just wouldn't happen. It's too big a risk. Could you imagine they announced him and they go on to lose? Half an hour later when we turn on the TV, Rafael Varane's walking out of the tunnel. So just your thoughts on that, because I thought while it was a risk in regards to what could happen, just the reception, and I've watched the video probably 50 times today, what a moment it was. I think that's how they should be doing announcements now. 100% agree with you. Like, if you're Rafael Varane, you could sit there in front of a green screen and do all the poses you want with the shirt and generic blah, 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 boring interview of dreamt of this move. Or you can go out in front of Old Trafford Faithful for the first time and receive that fan base reaction, receive the love and the excitement that the fan base has to see you holding that shirt. I thought it was belter, mate. I love it. I'm with you. Every time there's a United signing – in an off-season, uh, sorry, during the season, support it 
Do you think there was, and obviously long-term, sort of long-term vision of the club, it wasn't, they didn't sign him two, three weeks ago and say, look, let's hold him back for two minutes before the Leeds game. That obviously wasn't the plan. But the situation they have found themselves in, in the last couple of days and the sort of delay of the deal, whose decision do you think this is? Because I have a, who knows, you don't have to ask them. I have a strong feeling, Solskjaer probably played a little bit of part in this in terms of knowing that if you introduce this couple of minutes before kickoff, not that the crowd needed a lift anyway, but the extra buzz that gave, like the reception he got was amazing. I'm just thinking, do you think this was a Solskjaer decision or do you think it's just they got smart heads around the club and it's sort of a collective decision by the higher-ups? Um, hard to say. I, I would dare say it's the higher-ups. I don't think Solskjaer's thinking about Varane being unveiled um, moments before a big game. But whoever's decision it was, like, credit to him. I thought it was awesome. I, I really hope that's a regular but yeah, like Varane, Varane loved it. I loved his, tw- um, he, he, he tweeted, didn't he? Afterwards, he took a selfie, bonjour, Manchester, loved it, loved it. It was a, cra- it was a cracking photo. It was, off, it was just off his mobile phone. It was a cracking photo mm. in terms of the quality, but also getting the Stretford end, the banner of the Stretford yeah. end. Um, he knew exactly what he was doing, so fair play to him. But the last thing on Varane before we get into the game, because I want to discuss absolutely smashing the hell out of Leeds. However, he obviously comes out with number 19 on his shirt, so he doesn't get the number four. And we won't know the ins and outs of this story and how, how accurate it is, but it has come out that it's come down to Phil Jones refusing um, to give up the number four. Now, we don't want to go too hard on Phil Jones. And look, he's contracted Man United. That's his shirt number. He's well within his right to keep that. However, I think given the situation Phil Jones is in, it does make me think a little bit less of him. I think it's something that if Iran did want the shirt, by all reports, he did want the shirt. I think Phil Jones isn't going to play this year. He's likely not even going to be registered. Look, I know it's harsh. It's his shirt number. He's contracted United, but I think Jones should have given the shirt up if Varane wanted it. I actually think Phil Jones will play this year. He, he'll be registered. Um, if you're listening to Oli, Twins AB's gone on loan. The, the backup defenders are meant to be Bay and Jones. So, don't know. Um, I, I don't. I think this story is nonsense, if I'm being honest. I doubt it even happened. I, I can't oh, see. Yeah. I can't you envision it. You know what? Credit to Phil Jones. If you're a United player, Tom, all right, put yourself in Phil Jones' shoes. If they ask you, oh, mate, can we take your squad number? Like, his confidence is shot, undoubtedly, right? It's probably the last bit of dignity he feels he has. So, oh, no, there's definitely a case of that. And again, look, he's well within his right. Again, if I'm there, I'm keeping my shirt number. But that's it. So, but it's just, yeah. Anyway, enough. We'll hopefully discuss Rafael Varane in the starting lineup next week. But in regards to the starting lineup, it was there was so much excitement in the build-up to the game, and then that hour before kickoff when that team news filters through. Well, give me a reaction when you see Dan James, McTominay, and Fred all in the starting eleven. I I can tell you, you're in the same grip chat as me. I wasn't happy, <laughs> but hey, I ate my words, man. Like McTominay, bloody hell! I, I know we'll, we'll obviously get into three two ones. He was a colossus. I think that might have been. The Leeds game last season obviously stands out, but that might be close to his best game in the United shirt. I thought he was unreal, McTominay. It was everywhere. The header that he got to um, early in the first half where he missed his man, but he recovered quickly enough to get back there and he got his head to the ball. His cleanup work, I feel like every pass they tried, he was intercepting. He he was awesome. He, he was really, really good. Well, just on this comment here by Alex saying fans have to consider the players' fitness and the opposition. Oli used a similar lineup last Leeds. Why change it? And look, yeah. Yeah, but the, in terms of the lineup and the system against Leeds, I can fully understand that. But in, in regards to fitness, my issue wasn't so much Fred and McTominay. While I would have preferred Madich and Van der Beek in hindsight, or sort of before the match, 
the fitness was with Maddich and Van der Beek. Fred McTominay hardly had a preseason at all, and that was my shock. I, I think, okay, in this, the way a, a game Solskjaer thinks will pan out against Leeds, okay, Fred McTominay or his players, I understand that. Go for it. But in the first game of the season, I thought fitness-wise, which was such a big part of the selection, it was a huge risk. And I'm just thinking, ultimately, Solskjaer takes huge credit because it's such a brave decision. Sir Alex Ferguson always used to make the point saying the sign of a good manager is to be able to make a decision that 99% of people will disagree with. And a lot, a lot of our fan base did disagree with that team news, but Solskjaer was brave enough to do that. So I'm just thinking, yeah, but Solskjaer has to take the credit, but sort of where do you sit on it in regards to it was the right decision because he won 5-1, but we're all sitting here saying, well, Maddich and Vanderbeck might have made more sense, but it's, it's a weird one. You have to give credit to Solskjaer for it. Yeah, for sure. And I think he will play a squad game this season. I, I definitely think Van der Beek will play much more football. And I think we're in a good position where we can say we envisioned Matic and Van der Beek to start and two completely different midfielders came in. So I think that's a good thing. And again, it, it contributes to that debate around do we get a six, do we not get a six? I think we all would prefer one. But if we have a position where we can say we've got four or five quality players who can sit in that two-man pivot, I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, no, definitely. It's side just said McTominay was a monster in midfield considering, yeah, he only had that 20 minutes at centre-back against um, Everton, I think it was. So just before we get into the individuals, because obviously everyone knows the individuals we're going to discuss in regards to Bruno and Pogba, but just in regards to the game went, um, there's so much, okay, first game of the season against Leeds, end-to-end, we remember the 6-2. It was a, a demolition, a 5-1 win. You, you can't sort of shy away from that. But how do you think the game actually played out in regards to Man United's performance? Like, Was it a great performance or were we just sort of clinical in front of goal and Leeds weren't clinical? Um, no, I thought United were the dominant side, particularly in the first half. Um, and we, we definitely created the better of the chances. Possession was fairly even over the course of the game. In fact, Leeds finished with more ball, but... They didn't threaten on goal, did they? And I think that's the most important thing. Like, again, I'm going to use Louis van Gaal as an example. United kept all the possession in the world under the Dutchman. We didn't do anything with it. It's about your purpose with the ball. And United created so many chances. And really, the floodgate should have opened earlier. I think Pogba should have taken his opportunity. I, I don't know why he did a step over. He just, seriously, just one time, take the shot. That's a hard one. He, he passes the ball sometimes like that. Like he, he got a lot of criticism, and I can understand it. But in my opinion, it wasn't like a show-off step over. He wasn't trying to fool anyone or look good. I think what, what he found was the ball was right in between his left and right foot, and he it wasn't on his right foot. It wasn't on his left foot. And it's just the way he uses his body to shift his body weight to get it onto another foot. He uses that technique to pass it quite often. But when you do miss a one-on-one with a goalkeeper, it did, did sort of look like he was showboating. But I did feel he was a little bit hard done by... Um, but he has to he has to do better there. But it, I guess he sort of more than makes up for it with the four assists. You want to touch on Paul Pogba before we get into Bruno? While we're on Pogba, we might as well discuss it because like that, like what we always talk with Bruno... Yeah. In terms of the performance, yeah, average performance, good, nothing bad, nothing good. He's probably at fault for the Leeds goal. But in terms of moments, for just sheer moments of quality, which is exactly the things that we highlight when we have a debate around Paul Pogba saying, is he worth the hassle? Is, is he not worth the hassle? When you see moments like that, he gives four goals on plates. And that, that is exactly why we need Paul Pogba at the club. The pass for Mason's goal... Oh. My God, how many people, how many players in world football can do that pass? Like, that's what you need to look at. You know, when we're talking about players in that top bracket, 
it's talking about the amount of players who are capable of, of those moments of brilliance. There, you, there are not 10 players in world football, Tom, who can do the pass that Paul Pogba did for Mason. It was pinpoint. And if it was any heavier, he doesn't get there. And if it was any lighter, the defender gets it. So credit where it's due. I thought, yeah, well-rounded performance. He was phenomenal. He, 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 yes, he missed, but bloody hell, he did everything else right. First player in United's history, we might add, uh, to have four assists in one four football assists. match. That says something. Well, Prem here, elite difference maker. And look, goals change games. Okay, Bruno's won with the goals, but they don't happen without the assists. So Pogba, again, was the difference maker. And I'm just thinking, look, there's no debate anymore. He's going to be a, he's going to be a Man United player this season. Um, he's not going to go to PSG, so him and Bruno will be in midfield. What, what, what did you think? We've talked about the selection of Fred, but Pogba, he's started on the left wing. That's where he was in the formation and on the TV screen. And when we kicked off, he was starting on the left. Yeah. He didn't really play on the left. He was just... Playing Paul Pogba, he was just anywhere. He, um, he wasn't really a set position. Bruno was almost more sort of controlled than um, Paul Pogba was. He just sort of did his own thing. Um, just your thoughts on where he actually did play? He almost played like a false nine. Um, I don't know if it was instructions or not, and I'm not going to go too hard on Mason here, but before the goal, I was not impressed with Mason's game. Like, I, I just thought he I was drifting. He was, like, he grew into the game. But if you're looking at the first half particularly, I just thought he didn't hold his position up front. Uh, when he had back to goal, he wasn't comfortable. And then there were moments where he was drifting out to the right. He was coming deep, sort of. I don't know if he was looking for the ball or not, but I just didn't feel like he was playing that. He wasn't He wasn't the focal point of the attack. Well, he was uh, <clears throat> Yeah, he wasn't the focal point just on that, which I completely agree. However, I think that worked to our benefit in terms of you look at the chances Bruno got in terms of his goals, but also that Pogba chance where he goes in on goal. It's a lot of it's created by Mason Greenwood, whether it be instructional, just his natural game, whatever, coming quite deep in that almost 10 role. Then Pogba's mm -hmm. gone in behind, sort of Greenwood played um, Pogba in. That's where um, Bruno sort of found space for all three goals pretty much, very similar type of runs. So... You say that Greenwood wasn't that focal point in terms of what we want from a striker, but if you do look at our goals and where we hurt leads, a lot of it comes off the back of Mason Greenwood's movement, allowing Pogba and Bruno to sort of burst forward into those areas. Yeah, for sure. Um, and look, you could argue what, what position did Mason play, but back to your question, I almost felt Bruno almost was like a false nine. Um, he was at times the the number one man in the middle. But I've got to say, man, Bruno just knows how to finish, doesn't he? Nice. His composure, particularly for his second goal, like to have the composure there to, to flip the ball, put it in, like bloody hit, like no, there are not many players who'd be that composed. They'd shoot and hope for the best. Bruno had the awareness to, oh, actually, I'm going to take a turn, put on my left foot, and it goes in. Well, just on Bruno, we've been discussing him to death since he arrived. He's almost the main discussion up to every game and nine times out of ten, it's for positive reasons. But just on that, what, what okay, you mentioned that second goal, which obviously a crucial goal, but um, the first one as well, the, the, okay, the pass, another great pass from Paul Pogba, but the touch, this is like Berbatov-esque. Like, okay, the finish yeah. is probably not so like aesthetically pleasing in terms of it takes a deflection off the keeper, but he sort of makes up for that with the volley from, um, first of all, do you want to talk a little, little bit about Lindelof's performance and the pass? Because I thought he was... Yeah. our best defender, but that, but that finish from Bruno Fernandes. And I think what not a lot of people are making sort of news of or, or talking about too much, everyone's having a bit of a banter, oh, great hat-trick, Bruno, no penalties and that. Forget that. He's just scored a hat-trick at Old Trafford against Leeds United. Oh, this is something we'll be talking about in 20 years' time. Like, it's, a, it's almost like a history-making game. Like, I can't remember the last player to score a hat-trick against Leeds. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, look, Bruno was phenomenal. I, obviously, what you're saying about him is so interesting in the fact that he doesn't necessarily put in performances over the 90 minutes, but when you're always, when most times, like nine out of 10 times, when we come on here to review a game, who's the one with the moments? It's Bruno. But there's nothing wrong with being a moments player. Moments win football matches. Like, I, I can't speak highly enough of him, Tom. And you know what? He's probably the number one player outside of Rashford in this current team. He's building a legacy for himself. Like, you can already see the potential with Bruno. I don't want to sound lazy here, but you can see the comparisons with Cantona. And if he goes on to win the Premier League, the first time since Fergie retired, you could almost say he was he was the catalyst signing where things just started to take a turn. No, no doubt. And it, look, it does sound stupid, and we're not comparing him to Cantona, but it does sound stupid when you put him in the same sentence. But it is there. The comparison is there in regards to what he potentially could do and what he has brought. Because was it the Burnley defeat? That was the game before he arrived yeah. under Solskjaer. That was the low point under Solskjaer. Even I was saying... Not, I didn't want Solskjaer to be sacked, but I was saying, for his sake, just sack him, just get rid of him because it was turning toxic. And um, there was the low point almost post-Fergie, that, that game against Burnley. Bruno came, has come in, and it's been nothing mainly but positive since then. But I'll just throw this one to you from Antonio. Um, Lindelof passed for Bruno's third goal. Varane got him improving already. Does Rafael Varane get into this team? Because Harry Maguire is obviously going to play, but Lindelof can't really be dropped after that performance, I don't think. He was a standout defender for me. So next week, is Rafael Varane on the team sheet or not? I think he'll ease him in. I think what will happen is you'll see Maguire Lindelof for now, uh, but then there'll be a Champions League game or there'll be a cup game and Varane will start that game. And once he bosses it, he's going to come in. And once he's in, he will stay. Um, I I like Lindelof. I I do. I've grown on him. Absolutely. Like I remember when we started this podcast, I was abusing him every second game, but he has improved, and and you want that. You if the, and what Antonio is saying is spot on because it, competition breeds that it brings that elevation in your performance. My criticism of Lindelof and Tom, like I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here. His ball for Bruno was fantastic. He is capable of the pin, but my criticism of him actually, when he's actually on the ball, he doesn't look comfortable. I, I don't know if you're seeing that, but like if you compare his touch, his movement on the ball once he's receiving it compared to say Harry Maguire, he looks less natural. I think, I think it's hard because I think he's a, quite a good footballer. A lot of people have said almost playing him midfield, he could be that solution to the number six. I don't agree with that, but you can see technique-wise he does have that. I think what he, while he had a very good game yesterday, I think what Leeds were doing, which was making Lindelof's job quite hard, which sort of made the pass for the Bruno goal quite easy. Not easy, but it sort of made Lindelof's mind up. They were really man-marking Fred. Leeds weren't really pressing too high. What they were doing, they were man-marking Fred and McTominay, stopping yeah. Maguire and Lindelof playing that ball in the midfield. So that sort of made Lindelof's mind for that Bruno goal. He didn't couldn't pass in the midfield, so just went almost route one, so to say. But um, yeah, I, I think he's made his job was made hard sort of by the Leeds midfield in terms of the way they decided to defend. But um, yeah, it will be interesting when we go into next week. What we'll, we'll do now, um, make sure if you're watching and you haven't liked the video, please do leave a like. But what we'll do now, it is the return, obviously new season, the return of our 3 2 ones. For anyone who doesn't know what we do, um, after every single game, we'll play, we'll give a three points for player of the match, two for two, and one for the third best player, for example. And it's not necessarily the best player or the best performance. It's about the moment of the match or player of the match or the biggest contribution, however you define that. So um, we'll get into it and we'll definitely need your help because I think a lot of us will have the same answer for the first two um, players. 
but the one the vote for one point could be a little bit tricky. So get your comments in for those, and we might need to. I, I think Larry sort of go off maybe the common sort of the common answer in the chat because I think we'll probably disagree on it. But Bruno Fernandez three points surely. Even performance wise, tell me who who was the best player in regards to performance. But um, Bruno is the answer. You know he is because he scores three goals. But if you came on here and you said Paul Pogba is your man of the match and three points, I wouldn't argue with you. Because I think what Pogba did throughout the game, like, yes, Bruno gets the hat-trick, but I don't think his hat-trick was the... It wasn't the reason we... How do I say this without sounding like an absolute idiot? His third goal wasn't the reason we won the game. I think Paul Pogba and what Paul Pogba contributed to the game is why United eventually go on to win 5-1, if that makes sense. Um, but I'm not going to disagree with you, mate. Obviously, Bruno gets the hat trick. It's against Leeds. I'm, he's the man of the match. Well, you talk about Pogba in terms of his performance, and who am I to disagree? But is there a case of take away the goals, take away the assists? Obviously, you can't do that in football, but take those away and just look at the performance. And again, let's say a 60-minute performance, not 90 minutes. Is there a case McTominay was better than Pogba? Yeah, absolutely. Like If you're talking about – I, I spoke about this with you before we started recording – McTominay sets the platform for what the game goes on to be. Every single, particularly in that first half, he got his, he went back, he, he got his head to that ball when he missed the man eventually. Initially, he then um, every ball that they tried to get into Bamford, he was he was collecting it. I felt like it was just he was just a magnet to the ball. He knew where it was going to be. He was getting on there. McTominay bossed it. He was phenomenal. Um, but look, I think Bruno three points like. It's a given he scores the goals, um, three of the goals. <laughs> he has to be man of the match for me. Pogba, I think, is a, a no-brainer for two points. He contributes to four of the five goals. Like, Jesus, he, he should have scored one himself. Um, but then yeah. there's a debate for the one point. Well, we'll just go to some comments first before we get into the points. So Bruno for three, Paul Pogba for two, and we'll just see what some of the comments are saying. George has gone three for Bruno, two for Pogba, one for McTominay. And Matt Petey agrees. Um, Matt Petey, great to see him. Haven't spoken to him for a while. I used to play football with uh, Matthew Petey. Man United need a number six, Petey, and you want to come out of retirement. Uh, one of the best midfielders I've ever played with. Matthew Petey, good to see you, mate. Antonio, one has to be uh, McTominay or Greenwood. Alex has gone three for Bruno, two for um, Pogba, one for McSauce. Pogba loses a point for not tracking his play for their goal. It's a different story, Paul Pogba's performance, if we don't go on to win that game in terms of obviously losing the right back for that goal, but only a fair play yeah. to the strike. Um, so has gone Bruno for three points. Mark, three for Bruno, two for Pogba. Oh, actually, I sort of can't read at the moment. He's gone three votes for everyone, three for Bruno, three for Pogba, three for McTominay, Greenwood and Ole. Football capital Solskjaer for three points. So one point for McTominay, two for Pogba. Um, PD, Dan James minus one. We'll go into Dan James. We'll just stay on that one. There was one weak spot in the team was Dan James. Um, I felt sorry for him at times in that first half. Um, you just put Jaden Sancho in that position. There was a couple of times Dan James was running with the ball, just running the ball out of play and miscontrolling the ball on a perfect surface. There was once on the left, he cut in on his right foot a perfect position for a right footer to have a shot. Old Trafford, absolute billiards table, and he hits it into the turf. And, um, look, yeah, he put the shift in. He does work hard. I thought he was extremely poor in that first half. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to go too hard on Dan James. I think it's easy to do that. Um, we know the calibre of the player, but Tom, 
without carrying on, he's he's just not good enough, mate. Like, even for a squad player, he just lacks quality in the basics of football. Like, there was an opportunity in the first half. He should have just put a cross in and a good opportunity too as well. He had time. He just takes too many touches. He, he takes three touches too late. The shot which you referred to, at least get on target. This, the ball over the sideline, he just lacks quality in the basics of football. Like, he... I'm sorry, but that's just not good enough for a United player. And that's not his fault. Like, he was bought. He was offered a chance to come to the biggest club in the football world. Man, of course, I'd take it too. You want to sign me, United? I'm putting my hand up. But at the end of the day, he he really shouldn't be playing too many games of football this season. Yeah, it's a hard one. because. But then we look at it and say, well, it's a team game. And at the professional level, everyone has a, a huge part to play. You can't just sort of carry a passenger. Everyone needs to sort of contribute. And he's part of a team who won 5-1. So you have to give him and Solskjaer a little bit of credit for that. And just the last one um, from Prem's gone three for Bruno, two for Pogba, and one for Greenwood. So look, a common consensus, it's three for Bruno, two for Pogba. I, the reason I would go Greenwood for one is simply that goal, I think it's overlooked how important that goal was. We look at the hat trick, we look at the assists, but the goal from Mason Greenwood, I think if we don't score that, and if we don't score that in, the, say, that first couple of minutes after that goal, you don't know how Leeds sort of build on that momentum. And I just think, one, it was a fantastic goal. Okay, the pass from Pogba, but for Mason Greenwood to hit that ball into the corner, run in at that pace, usually when you're running, you sort of have to compose yourself, you have to slow down a little bit, get it onto your strong foot, etc. He was just sprinting the whole time because the defender was going to catch him. So he's at full pace and to hit it, it was almost while a great goal. When he was bearing down on goal, you're thinking he's going to score this. He's not going to miss. And for to have that confidence in someone that young in a pressure environment like that, um, it goes to show you how special he is. Can I say, before we make our final verdict on the one point, that goal, my God, like it cannot be underestimated how difficult that is. Like you said, he's sprinting at full pace and he shoots across his body. Now, to shoot across your body is a very difficult technique to execute. He gets a pinpoint. He hits the post like the keeper was not a hope. And i got to say, Tom, he's he's got he's quicker than I thought he was, Mason. I did not expect that. He burnt the fullback. He, he was very impressed. Well, I'll tell you what, in terms of not so much his speed, but what I've found impressive, Mason Greenwood, a lot of the times over the past year, especially when he's played up front, we've talked about Greenwood and said, uh, it look, it look, he's a young player playing up front. Um, when he fills out and he develops, he'll be a little bit more suited. That central role almost sometimes looks like um, men against boys when Mason Greenwood's up front. Never once in that game did Mason Greenwood look like a kid out there. And not so much from a physical point of view. It was just, I don't know, it's maybe a mental thing as well, but also a physical maturity. He just looked like one of the other players out there. And, um, yeah, so fair play to him, the work he has done, and obviously natural development. But... Um, after all that discussion, I've gone green for one point. Who are you going? I was thinking McTominay, but I think you've persuaded me. Um, as much as I didn't think he was amazing in the first half, not not that he did anything wrong. I just would have liked to see him hold his central position. Um, he scored a goal in a clutch moment. Like when we're doing the three, two, ones, that's what we look for, right? It's about who actually contributes to the final result. And he he's the one who breaks the deadlock. So, and, and emphatic fashion as well. So yeah, I think Mason for one point's fair. Yeah, no, definitely huge goal. Um, just some comments before we wrap up. Um, Antonio, loving the banner, Tom. What a background! If anyone who does, if anyone wants a flag, um, get in touch. Um, we've got a so Portuguese Magnifico. Um, we've got the obviously Scott McTominay one, which was there yesterday. Had um, United DNA, and obviously got the one matter one, uh, one matter El Mago. But um, if anyone does want a flag like that, create your own design, etc. Um, we can get you in touch with the people to do that. Very cheap. They're like 
10 bucks from China. So very cheap. Um, and George as well, with uh, probably my comment of the day, um, Dan James still has more Champions League goals um, than Arsenal have in the last five years combined. So is there anything we want to talk about Arsenal just for the sake of it? Because that got my weekend <laughs> off to an absolute belting start. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, you know what? I had a long week, but Arsenal cheered me up. Bloody hell. Like, that, they're a sh- And you know what the funniest thing is? It's almost sad, but it's funny more than anything else. I- I'm not surprised they lost. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I felt it in my bones. I just, I felt it come in. Well, they're a laughing stock. They're just a mess. And you, you see people criticize Oli. Bloody hell. What's Arteta got to say for this? Ben That's White? Thing, it, while it is a surprise, as you say, it's not really a surprise. You can see a scenario where they are going to lose the first game away at Brentford. But what I look at now, and especially in regards to the Arteta discussion, mm. is you do look at that, while this is a surprise, okay, they're bottom of the table, not quite bottom of the table, but now the next two games are City and, or Chelsea and City. Very likely going to lose those two games. Now, there is obviously a situation where they could beat Chelsea, get a draw against City, etc. You can see that happening. But if you're a betting man, they're going to lose their next two games. So suddenly they've lost their first three games of the season, zero from nine. The reaction, I, I don't know... Could Arteta actually survive that, losing the first three games of the season, given the the way their fan base sort of behaves? Arteta can survive anything. Bloke's bulletproof because they finished 10th last season and he kept his job. So, man, I'm telling you, he, he's like, I don't know, he, he must have nudes of Cronky or something. I, I don't know what's going on there, but he should have been sacked a long time ago. It, it's it's funny. It's just funny. You know what? I wanna, I'm going to start a different trend. I'm going to start an Arteta in trend. They always wanted Wenger out. I want Arteta to stay. I love him. I love the bloke. Keeping the good times rolling. Well, Rob, who's been on the podcast plenty of times and one of the hosts of It's a Football Thing, um, obviously had on his show um, Arteta in banner with a Brentford B, but he's gone three for Bruno, two for Pogba, and one for McTominay. Param, only negative. We don't want to touch on the negatives, Param, but feel free. Only negative for me was Van der Beek, especially after that preseason. Could have done with some minutes. And look, I agree, especially before the game, I was... Look, while I'm a huge fan of McTominay, I was thinking, God, Don- Donny van der Beek really should be playing. So that th- definitely was a negative, and it kind of maybe gives you a sense of it's going to be more of the same for Donny van der Beek this season when you expect him to play. He might not get those minutes, which um, could prove unfortunate, but um, time will to hopefully um, he can get his minutes in um, to get going in the season. Antonio, Arsenal v Chelsea, then City, surely Arteta doesn't make Christmas. The only thing I want by Christmas is them to give an early instalment of that um, Arsenal All or Nothing documentary. That's what I want for Christmas from Arsenal. I don't care about any seconds. I just want the footage from behind the scenes after this Brentford loss. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. That just reminds me. I forgot that they were doing that Amazon documentary. Can't wait to see the tears, (laughs) mate. When when does that come out? I'll get the popcorn order in from now. Tom, did you know Tasty Tubes are back on shelves, by the way? I saw someone on Instagram do that. One of my mate's girlfriends going around Woolworths and showing them all. Yeah, so obviously exciting for people like you, I take it. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm, I'll make sure I have some tasty tubes for when the Arsenal documentary well, I comes out. I think it probably comes out next June or July, so you will be waiting a while, so make sure they stay in date or sort of make sure your order doesn't arrive too early. But I'm going to you, Arsenal all or nothing, spoiler alert. It's not, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I've heard that before, but when you see it written down, when you see it written down, That's it's good. Um, <laughs> Fun. That's good. But, um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, truly appreciate it. It is good to celebrate it. It's obviously top of the table. Uh, we're not seeing 21 is incoming yet, but I'm top of the table. You're on your own, I am. Football's back. But the football back is 75,000 old traps. Some of the those goals that went in, like that Mason Greenwood goal goes in last season, that empty stadium. 
oh, good goal. But when you see that goal go in, you see the Stratford end rise behind it, it's a different feeling. It's a completely oh, different feeling. That's the highlight of the game. You know what? Three points to the fans. Not not officially, but three points to the fans. It was so good. And just from a spectator's perspective, just so much more enjoyable. Bloody hell. Yeah, it, it was a top game. Bring on next week. Got Southampton. A good, a decent enough kickoff for, for Sydney as well. So I think we'll both be up watching that one. Well, even if it was a 4 a.m. kickoff, it's decent enough. I've got nothing better to do during lockdown. So I um, might as well. But it is 11 o'clock on a Sunday, which is good. Um, Rob, North London derby, nothing, nothing. Well, Tottenham are in action tonight. So um, who knows? I've got, as I said, got nothing to do. So I'll probably watch um, Harry Kane do whatever he does. It'll be interesting to see what Harry Kane does. Um, Petey, uh, well done, lads. Good to see you, Petey, in the comments. If ever you want to come on, Petey, um, get in touch, let us know. Um, always value your opinion. Mum is obviously watching in lockdown. She hasn't seen me in a while. Entertaining show tonight, guys. And Alex 9 0. I'm not sure what he refers to, but I'm hoping it's 9 0. What's that? It's United Southampton last year. Last week, yeah. Uh, last season, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're predicting 9 0 for the next game, perhaps? I'm not. I'm not willing to predict that. I, I don't see. A, I don't see them losing a man within the first thirty seconds again. But who knows? Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So the last time we won five um, one on the opening day of the season was after a big European tournament um, when that match against Fulham, where Rooney and Ronaldo ran right. So um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's go. Hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Um, make sure you're subscribed if you aren't, and please leave a like on the video. It would be very grateful of you. And um, until then, Larry, we'll have something to chat about tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, hopefully maybe City lose to Tottenham and we're the top of the table still. Yeah, I'm keen to see what's happening around the Premier League, so who, see who's going to be finishing below United because we're obviously going to be winning the league. So, look, that, that's what we do on this show. If you want sensible opinions... We will come on here after the first game, or at least I will, and I'll tell you, when you beat Leeds 5-1, it means you're winning the league. We'll leave it on that note. Thank you tonight.